0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24 7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, and I'm not joined today by David Lake. Obviously, Miami is off this weekend, off next weekend, so they're kind of like in an extended buy. So I thought, why not talk some recruiting? And I'm joined by my colleague at Inside the U, Gabby Yerudia. Gabby. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just enjoying a couple beautiful
1: South Florida days. It's the weather's nice out here, so really appreciating that.
0: Yeah. I've uh, I've busted out the joggers. Yeah. Back to back.
1: It's that season where you can kinda I'm kinda walk walking outside in hoodies, sitting on like outdoor patios to with Nat while she studies her finals and stuff. It's just it's just that time.
0: Yeah, I saw your your Instagram story. I, I don't know if I can do a hoodie, but like I can definitely pull off the joggers I think like I don't get as hot um, so let's let's talk some recruiting um early signing period less than a month away. It seems like it's always you know the parameter is how many months away is it Well, it's a month away the early signing period the NCAA' is not going to change that. Uh, we should point out that the NCAA has extended its temporary dead period, so that's been in place since march um got pushed back you know in august to uh really january and now they've said it's it's uh going to be eight earliest kids will be able to visit places and interact with coaches will be uh in april so that kind of sucks for everyone um just because you know it's it's making this a weird 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 recruiting cycle but one one team one program is, is the one this podcast is about, um, Miami has has navigated this weird 2021 20, cycle uh, pretty well. And right now they sit, sit number 13 in the 24-7 sports uh, compo- composite team rankings. That class is number two in the ACC. It's actually one spot ahead of North Carolina, who's number 14. I mean, if you want to consider Notre Dame, part of the ACC. They don't want to be considered part of the ACC. They, they check in at number 10, but uh, Miami right now is um, number 13. So Gabby, I guess, just give me, give me a sentence or two on what you think about this Miami class because I know you've seen a ton of these guys, um, you know, play at some point over the past few months.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think it's an impressive class. I think that there's a lot of, you know, versatile pieces, especially on the, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think Miami's doing a good job of just getting those types of pieces to kind of run that style of defense that they run with, you know, between James Williams, Chase Smith, Cameron Kitchens, a couple of those guys. I think that uh, they definitely have some interesting pieces on the defensive side. And then of course, some weapons on the offense. So with the way that this team is looking under Red Lashley, I think that, you know, we're start, they're starting to get some, get some pieces on that, on that side of the ball.
0: Um, Miami does have 21 verbal commitments uh, right now, those are kids publicly committed. Uh, the class includes two five stars, eleven four stars, and then eight three stars. Um, let's talk about the numbers situation. So, you know, normally me and, De- me and David are always discussing roster management uh, and whatnot. Seems like Miami has three or four spots to work with, unless the NCA were to change. Um, how they are going to handle initial counters, you know, you have that looming uh, one-time transfer waiver that could be approved in January, Um, and and basically anyone can come back, so there's a lot bigger things to get into, things could change, I mean, I could talk about it for an hour if we wanted to, but basically, let's just say Miami has three to four spots, and and I know Gabby, uh, Thursday at Inside the U, you kind of wrote how you think, or what you're hearing um, these final few spots will be used on. So why don't you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, so um, it's just from from what I'm gathering, uh, it kind of seems like Miami's going to use at least two of the spots on, or we'll would like to use at least two of the spots on a quarterback and a cornerback. Uh, obviously, that's kind of like the missing piece of this class. I know we've talked about it. I know you got you and David have talked about it a lot, that obviously this class is missing a quarterback. Um, you know, cornerback, obviously a big need now with uh, the decommitment of Tim Burns. And then, you know, with those other spots, whether it's three or four, like, you you know, you could see Miami just turn to potentially turn to the graduate transfer marketing, you know, like they've obviously had a lot of success there with the way that they've kind of handled that whole situation, kind of taking advantage of it there. And uh, I definitely think Miami is an attractive spot for any of those guys, just given all the success that UM's kind of had with guys like Jalen Phillips, you know, even dating back to Adrian Colbert, when I feel like that was kind of like the guy that kind of started it, Um, you know, so definitely can go that direction. And then you know, maybe they can just go best player available. You know, there's there's obviously a couple guys down here locally that have kind of started to make impressions that I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later. And you know, I, I think that there's an, a chance that Miami just goes after the top guy that that they can get. So uh, definitely a couple different directions that
0: that right. they can
1: go there, and we'll see how that works out.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to take a got to take a quarterback. They have to get a cornerback. I mean you know, rookie move there. Like it didn't matter if Tim Burns was committed or not. They only got yeah. five scholarship guys on the roster. I mean, they had to get um some some numbers there. I, I do want to point out though you mentioned the fact that Miami has a rich history of, of graduate transfers dating back to Adrian Colbert. Um, and you're right, like every year Manny since he's been in Coral Gables, you know, obviously he worked under Mark Rick, they have taken a defensive graduate transfer now some have worked out way better than others um but they have always been open to kind of taking a plug and play guy you had d delaney um tito ogum, ogum how do you say, do you know how to say his name tito. oh
1: man i don't <laughs> you're talking about the the, guy, the defensive tackle from ucla is oh no, no. Illinois guy right
0: yeah see you oh, forget about gosh. this guy
1: yeah i did yeah no i don't remember exactly how to say his name
0: yeah well i mean miami has taken another level of transfer so i do agree you know i've heard similar to what your line of thinking and, and what you reported look one one of these spots is going to go to a corner um one is going to go to a quarterback and i know manny has has hinted and 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 he's he keeps getting asked about it on on these zoom calls because there's pretty much nothing else to talk about right now um, but he said that they are open and still recruiting high school guys but uh, a graduate transfer is certainly an option. And I think they're going to take someone, regardless if Derek King comes comes back or not. You know, that has now turned into a major storyline with Miami. Is is Derek King going to come back? And, and we don't know right now. I think it's still a little too early. Um, but it, I think if he comes back, then you would want to take a, a high school guy. Uh, if he goes, you want a graduate transfer that is able to compete Um, with Tyler Van Dyke and maybe Nikosi Perry because Nikosi Perry is on track last I heard to graduate um, soon I think it was December that's what he told me you know back in 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 January um, at a seven-on-seven tournament so he could be gone so I I, they're definitely gonna have to add an arm to that room
1: yeah for sure it's it's it it's really going to get interesting and it's not like Dier King's going to make a decision before like the early signing period so it's not like Miami's really going to know like in this next month or so like I can't imagine him making a decision like before December what is it December 16th so i mean it's going to be interesting to see how that quarterback situation kind of plays out into into January into the regular signing period and then into spring ball
0: um i guess before we talk about cornerbacks that's you know a hot hot uh boiling hot topic on on our message board at at miami.247sports.com um what have you watched any of jake garcia like do you know much about him i guess what is your impression because i don't think we've ever asked you what you think about jake
1: yeah um i mean i think just given i mean i I mean i'm looking up his numbers because i do the stats i pretty much do the stat sheet every week for for like the website of all the miami commits and targets and I mean, I can't say that I'm ever, like, blown away by his, like, stat sheet, I guess, because, like, you know, I also look up, like, let's say, Braden Locke, like, the 2022 quarterback, and his stat sheet's always ridiculous. So I look at Jake Garcia, and I'm always like, all right, like, he's good, but it's not like he's putting up, like, stupid numbers or anything like that. I think he's a good prospect, obviously. I think he has a really live arm. Um, You know, I understand, like, why, like, a school like Miami like him. Uh, I can also see why a school like USC might want to bring in a couple quarterbacks, even with him committed. Um, I don't think he's like one of the best, like obviously he's one of the better quarterbacks in the country. um, But I think that even if Miami were to like miss out on him, I really don't think it's the end of the world. Like, I I don't know. I I just, I've liked quarterbacks in previous years more than I like Jake Garcia, honestly, Uh, obviously he's a super talented kid. But again, I don't think it's like if Miami misses out on him, it's like they missed out on their entire future in, in not getting him. So definitely good. I, again, just, I, 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 it is what it is. I mean, he, he's definitely an intriguing prospect, but not like, I don't know. For me, it's not like end of the world if you don't get him.
0: I think something to think about with uh, quarterbacks or, or keep in mind I mean, yeah, you always want to get uh, a talented arm, but there is so much movement with quarterbacks because oftentimes a lot of them don't pan out where they landed. Um, look at Jaron Williams. You know, Jaron Williams is committed to Kentucky. Alabama flirted with him. Miami got involved. Miami flipped him. Came to Miami. Looked like he was going to be the guy. Um, and now he's at a junior college at Garden City, Kansas. Um, you know, I'm sure having having a great time. So, <laughs> you know, my, my point is like I, I'm a big believer in like I, I like, you know, I, I think you can kind of tell if a quarterback's gonna be good, but you don't really know what they're gonna be until they're on campus. Um and the bullets are flying. So, you know, that kind of ties into what you're saying that it wouldn't be um, the end of the world. Now let's uh, let's shift over to cornerback. There was an interesting tweet on, I guess, I don't know, was that Wednesday or Tuesday? All my days are running together um, with these rankings. Markevious Brown, if you follow Miami Recruiting, I mean, you know who this guy is. We've been discussing him for well over a year now. Campton Coral Gables as a sophomore. I actually remember... The first time I met him was at a FAU satellite camp, um, and I'll just tell you how old this satellite camp was. I'm pretty sure that exact same day, Joe Milton, who is now Michigan's quarterback, was like throwing for Jim Harbaugh uh, in Boca Raton. So He's been someone I've known for a long time, and it seems like he's finally getting closer to making a commitment. I think Gabby, uh, you know what are you what are your reads there, or what are you hearing? Because I know you were out at IMG, uh, I think a, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, to see them play uh, Miami Northwestern.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I was there to to watch that Miami Northwestern game. Um, I think that Miami's definitely involved here. Uh, I, I know you've reported in the past that you know Miami's been involved with him for a long time. Like again, Miami fans know who this guy is at this point, just just because of how long he's kind of been almost like linked to the program. Uh, I think another school to watch out for here is Ole Miss. Uh, just just kind of talking to them, I really think that there, there's something intriguing about the SEC to him. And uh, he noted his relationship with uh, Ole Miss cornerback's coach. I think his name is Terrell Buckley. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he, oh. He, he, talk, he, he talked about him, and he seemed to really appreciate the relationship with him. He said that he loved Oxford, and um, I'm not sure if he's ever visited. I went through like his Twitter like, the media, you know, they usually post, like, their junior days or whatever them in a yeah. uniform, and I did not see him do that. So, I don't know if he's actually been to Ole Miss or if he just knows he loves Ole Miss because of, like, a virtual tour, but uh, he seemed to be pretty high on that program. I know Virginia Tech's also a program that's that's been involved for a long time. But, um, yeah, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if it really came down to one of those SEC schools. I know Arkansas is also in the picture for him, um, so – again, those SEC, I I just think that SEC is kind of enticing to him just playing in that. I know it is to a lot of these prospects and obviously he's playing with a lot of national prospects that are going to the SEC or considering the SEC. So, um, it's no surprise that he kind of wants to be a part of that, or is I guess, excited by the idea of being a part of that conference too. But uh, I think Miami is also absolutely in this picture. Uh, I think he's, you know, has a longstanding relationship with the staff. So, you know, I think that uh, it should be interesting to see where he finally ends up here in a few weeks. He still does not set a commitment date. Uh, I was actually talking to him a little bit earlier, and he's not ready to to divulge when exactly it is that he's committing. But uh, if he's asking for edits and stuff on Twitter, I'm assuming it's coming at least relatively soon.
0: Um, first off, I'm gonna stop to you. If, if you're gonna do this recruiting thing, I know, I know you're you're still getting your feet wet. Uh, Terrell Buckley goes by T Buck. T-Buck, okay. T-Buck. You're going to hear that a lot when you're interacting with kids. Oh, yeah, man. I I talk with T-Buck. So Terrell Buckley. Yeah, he was at Mississippi State, like you said, now at Ole Miss. And I just think you got to, when discussing Ole Miss, remember Lane Kiffin's there. Um, There's an exciting brand of football. That staff also has some ties to the state of Florida. Uh, Kevin Smith, the running backs coach, uh, attended UCF. He was at FAU with Lane. Uh, you got Jeff Lebby, the offensive coordinator. Um, he's originally from Baylor, but also spent some time at UCF, and then actually worked uh, at independent uh, what, school in Lakeland. I'm drawing a blank on uh, on what exact Southeastern that he, he was there for a little bit. So um, they they always recruit this state well, and I don't know. To me, it'd be a little surprising to see if if uh, Markevius were to pick will Miss over, over Miami I mean my Miami man it, like the route is there to play um but uh, I think maybe you like you said with Jake Garcia if Mark Marquevious isn't uh, you know the corner in this class you probably don't think it's the end of the world correct
1: yeah yeah no, I, I don't think uh I definitely wouldn't say it's the end of the world again I just I think maybe it'd have more of an impact because, you know, there is other corners that maybe are bigger question marks than Marquevious, like when it comes to actually being a part of this Miami class. And I think at the end of the day, you got to get a body in there. And if Marquevious is the body that, if Marquevious is your best chance at getting someone or signing someone in the class, I think you absolutely take him. But again, like if he's not and Miami does find another option, uh, I think that that would be okay as well.
0: Let's uh, dive through some of the other cornerbacks that are in, uh, in the conversation for Miami. You know They aren't recruiting just one guy. Uh, I know a lot of fans think that Miami doesn't have a, an extended cornerback board, but there are some other names in play. I, I mentioned some on the most recent podcast, I think with David, or maybe it was two weeks ago after Tim Burns decommitted. Um, there is a blue chip guy out there, a guy who I think is very good, and that is Terrian Arnold. He is out of the Tallahassee area. He goes to St. John Paul II. I know there's like five St. John Paul schools in the state of Florida, so it's a bit confusing. Um, Most schools think safety with him, but he – I've always thought he's athletic enough to get it done at cornerback, and I think Miami does as well. I caution, however, that Florida is the team that many think is the one to beat. Georgia's also in there. Alabama, I think LSU. Um, so that's going to be a bit of an uphill, uphill battle for Miami, especially because Tarion has never visited Coral Gables before, and he's, he's done multiple tours of, of Gainesville. He's been up to Athens um, when Brock Banner-Griff, their five-star quarterback commit, organized a little uh, recruiting weekend. So he's, he's top of the board, but I also think the chance of Miami pulling that off would, would be uh, pretty, 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 pretty low. Um, but things could change. And then another guy is one that you have been kind of keeping a dialogue with. That's Myron Covington out of Texas. What's what's the latest you're hearing with him?
1: Yeah, uh, Marvin Covington. He's just picked up. He actually just picked up a, a Texas Tech offer. So they're definitely starting to come in. Uh, for the Miami fans that don't know, uh, Miami was the first program, like the first Division One program, to offer him a few weeks ago. So um, that was a big deal, but that kind of got the ball rolling for him. You know, since then, Houston's offered, uh, TCU's offered, Texas Tech, Mississippi State. So he's this is a guy that's starting to kind of make make a name for himself within just, I guess, the senior class. You know, there's always these late risers, especially with all these camp seasons. Uh, I think that this kid would have maybe had a few more offers had he had those opportunities. But, you know, I think Miami's uh, a player here. The last I spoke with him, uh, the Miami staff is still keeping in contact with him. We're still talking to him pretty regularly. And this was a few weeks after they offered, you know, sometimes you'll see these offers and it'll be like, okay, like they kind of offered, maybe they'll talk for a few days and maybe just kind of move on. But it seems like this is a kid that the staff is is communicating with. And, you know, from what I've seen on tape, honestly, I think, uh, I think it was a pretty, a pretty legit offer. I think there's a good reason for it. I think it was a 10, 8, 400 meter time. Uh, so he definitely has a speed I think he has the length that Miami kind of likes I asked Banda, Banda a few weeks ago what he kind of values in his cornerbacks and he t- said just that like you no know, guys that are going to compete guys that are long guys that are fast so I, I think Marvin Covington kind of checks a lot of those boxes especially once you turn on the tape so uh, I definitely think this could be this could potentially be a name to to kind of monitor as, a, as the cycle goes on but again he's never visited pretty much anywhere and uh, he definitely hasn't visited Miami and uh, I don't think he's going to sign in December. Uh, might wait till February and kind of see see what happens there.
0: I think that's a, that's a positive for Miami, um, and this could just uh, not even apply to to, to Myron. Just kind of like everyone in general, uh, I, I, I think if you're Miami and I'm just going to talk. I mean, I have heard this. You don't want to max your numbers out um, next month on, on December. I think you kind of want to save it and see you what is available because it's going to be weird. I, I think uh, you know it's easy to tell yourself right now that you're going to sign with a school you've never visited, but it's a lot different when pen goes to paper um, and you're finally signing to go somewhere you've never been before. Now, there are rare cases. Look, last cycle Miami – signed Keyshawn Smith out of San Diego. He had never been to Miami before he came. He showed up like a a month later, participated in limited spring ball um, and has appeared in multiple games for for Miami. So there are cases like that, but at the same time, I I can recall so many different uh, recruiting battles where uh, you're about to sign and and mom and dad no longer agree with what you're doing. So I think it, it, it could make sense to maybe um, save a few spots and, if I'm Miami, I think I would want all my big targets to be announcing uh, before that early signing period. So you you either get you either get them or you don't, and then you have your backup plans in place who aren't going to um, announce uh, who who are going to wait till that traditional uh, February signing day. What, one thing I, I want to point out, you mentioned um, with with Myron that he has that 10-8-4 in that 100 meter dash and. You know if you've been following my work or listening to me you know I'm, I'm so big on on track times now especially with the cornerback position and you got to remember weird cycle we don't have a lot of verified data on most of these kids so when you see a sub 1100 meter dash so like like that like perks my ears up like uh, i'm a dog like oh what's what's going on here um that always is something i'm looking for and one of the reasons why um this past NFL draft, twenty twenty NFL draft, I wrote this on our message board. You know, there was eleven corners that went in the in, in the first three rounds. Um, there was verified high school high school combine numbers on six of the eleven. You know, that group averaged a four four nine in the forty yard dash, and a ton of them had run track. And the other thing that's notable is that only two of that of those eleven were under five foot eleven. Um, and only one of them was under five ten, so you know I, I just think that's kind of kind of notable and something to think about. You always think about the NFL being the highest level of football, and look, man, not a lot of not a lot of small corners are making the league these days.
1: No, that that's definitely something that makes him that makes him attractive, and I I feel like you see it on tape too. It's not like you just see like a fast kid that no like just could he just has like straight line speed like this is a kid that i feel like you kind of it, it kind of pops off on the on the yeah. tape too that you kind of see that explosiveness
0: yeah his his tape is is fun to watch i mean if you like defensive football just seeing a guy flip his hips uh and all that um gabby i mean is there any other corners you want to discuss anyone else you want to bring up uh, no actually i had one question just
1: as just and it's about Terry and arnold i know you mentioned that miami likes my cornerback is that something that you think like just would kind of be interesting for him, like enticing for him, like him being listed as a safety and all that? Like, do you think that any part of him is like, I kind of want to play corner and if Miami's like, is Miami potentially his best option to play corner if that's what what he would want to do?
0: Uh, You know, it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of kids look to the league and they see these corners um, get those big contracts. I I don't think Tarion really, it really matters to him. I mean, that's just kind of my read. I mean, I haven't flat out asked him that, um, but who knows? You know, I think he's one of those guys that just wants to play football at at St. John Paul the Second or, or whatever. I mean, he literally does everything and is, is one of the main reasons why that team is in the playoffs. It's an interesting question, um, but I don't, I don't really know. Got you. Um, so I guess – On the other side, we're going to take a break eventually and we're going to talk more about what we've seen uh, across the Sunshine State, also get a little into the high school football playoffs. But before we do that, since there is only four weeks left until this early signing period, I mean, there'll be no official visit weekends, but I do think with Miami on a bye, we've kind of seen the the recruiting get cranked up a little bit. I guess, Gabby, what what would you consider a good finish for Miami and how do you think... Or how do you see them uh, filling out these final few spots?
1: I mean, I think a, a good class, a, a good finish, I guess, like in terms of like where the recruiting class is. Uh, I mean, you signed two five-star guys again, 11, four stars, like you mentioned, I think you want to at least finish maybe top 12, top 15, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I just think Miami's obviously coming off a big year. I can't remember Andrew, maybe you can remind me where they finished last year in the rankings because I know they only won, they went six and seven last year, and I know they signed a pretty good class. So I think ideally you'd want to finish higher than that, right?
0: Yeah. I think last year they were, oh, I want to say on signing day, because remember they added Avante Williams. Yeah. I think they finished, it was, I'm looking it up right now. Like at one point they were 13. Yeah. I and think now after,
1: it was like 11 or 10, and it was like a, like a spot behind Florida. Right
0: but somehow they've uh dropped down to 16. Um yes. but but I don't who, who is not being included in there is Isaiah Walker. Remember they added him yeah. who was a top 247 recruit. So, um I would call it a f- top 15 class. Yeah.
1: Yes, I think as long as you're finishing around there, uh I definitely think that I think that I think that that's probably solid. I think that's pro- like what you could expect especially with how strong the group is at the top. Um my best guess is just like maybe how the spots are used. Um, I'm going to go ahead and assume, I know we've talked about this in the past. We've kind of made predictions that I know we did the last time I was on the podcast with you and David, uh, he asked us if we thought Jake Garcia was going to be in the class. And I said, no, and I still feel that way. I know he did an interview that he posted on an Instagram story and he, they asked him, the lady asked him about his recruiting process. And he was like, I'm going to USC. I'll be there in January. So I feel pretty good about the fact that Jake Garcia probably isn't coming at this point. Um, so I'm assuming like what we talked about grad transfer quarterback, uh, potentially, you know, like potentially two grad transfers. And then if I had to guess on a cornerback at this point, I would probably say Markevious Brown and, uh, assuming that there's three or four spots, uh, I would just, I guess, assuming three, three spots, I guess at this point I would uh, have to go Markevious Brown.
0: <laughs> I would assume there's four, four spots, but
1: four spots. Okay. So then I guess with the third, with the, with the fourth spot, man, um, let's go let's go maybe best player available how about some how about some pat payton miami northwestern edge that just made his top 247
0: debut yeah well let's let's we'll get into to to patrick payton uh after the break uh i will give my kind of take on how i see this shaking out i think we will know in the next two weeks whether or not markevius is in um and if he's not in, I think they're going to pivot to someone else. You know, they're still going to go after Terry and Arnold. Like he will always be uh, the priority. They're probably going to recruit him right up to the early signing period. You do that with a blue chip. Uh, Demarius McGee is a corner out of Pensacola, top twenty four seven kid committed to Tennessee. He falls into that same category. So, um, you know, I, I I one of these spots is going to go to a corner. It could be Markevius, but you know, he could also go to Ole Miss or or something like that, and that would open the door. Or or give you a a spot. So one of them, uh, I'm going to say right now, goes to a corner. The other quarterback. Don't think it's going to be Jake Garcia. I I think maybe there's a chance Miami tries to make a move on another arm at, at some point if they get some type of indication from Jake that you know he's not you know or he is going to USC. And you also have to remember with this, kids will say. All the right things about a school and then flip it, flip behind the speed, flip at the last second. Look at Jalen Milroe, top 100 quarterback out of Texas. You know, he was all Texas, all Texas, all Texas. And then, boom, out of nowhere, he flipped to Alabama. So I wouldn't write off Jake Garcia right now. I, I just think it'll probably be someone else. It won't be Jay Allen, um, the kid out of Fort Pierce, John Carroll. He just signed a letter of intent to play baseball at Florida, sounds like based on talking with the people in his camp baseball is what he's going to do. And there's probably a chance he can be a high draft pick. So Jay, Jay Allen isn't officially off the board from my understanding. Like he, you know, could sign a football letter intent of Miami, but not play baseball here. But it sounds like he's just going to play baseball. And I don't think Miami has actually even really talked to him uh, recently. And then I think the final two spots could go to best available, uh, maybe another offensive tackle. uh, But I'm leaning towards them using those on graduate transfers.
1: Yeah. That would be a good call too. I
0: think that's all right. Let's take a a quick break and then we're going to really get into what is going on in the tri-county area. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, Gabby. I almost said, okay, David. That would have been so bad. (laughs) This would have been natural. (laughs) um, I know you've watched a ton of high school football. You've got exposed to it. And I know on Friday you are going to go to probably the biggest game in the state, Miami Northwestern at American Heritage Plantation. Um, I, what round? Of, I don't even know what round of the state playoffs it is. But I was at American Heritage on on Wednesday night, and I was talking to one of the coaches. He's like, "Dude, it doesn't matter." Like, he's like, "This is the state title game." Because yeah. I asked, I asked who they would play next if they. If they won, and he's like, I, I couldn't even tell you. Don't care. This is the state title game. Um, a ton of Miami commits in this game. Handicap it for us. Preview it for us. What do we know? We need to know about this.
1: Yeah, this is gonna be. This is gonna be some fun football. Uh, obviously, two big time programs. I feel like the Northwestern's played in a whole mess of these like big, kind of big time games already. I know American Heritage has too. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I'm just really excited about this one. I mean, obviously. For Northwestern, you have Romello Brinson on the offensive side. You got that attack with you know Teron Dickens, and you know they they can move the ball. They can also play defense. American Heritage kind of has like the the running style quarterback, but they also have a couple guys that they can chuck it to. And then on defense, they're just absolutely loaded, especially on the defensive line. You got Marvin Jones, you got Richard Thomas, you got a couple other dudes, and then the secondary, James Williams. It just seems like. I, I feel like this really is. I mean, it's got to be the state championship. I can't imagine that there's another program in 5A. I really don't know what it looks like out here, but God, this is just one of those matchups where it's just like must see, like almost like, almost like, you got to get this on TV somehow. Cause I feel like this would just generate so much attention just cause this is just going to be such a, such a cool matchup between obviously two local powerhouses, like kind of different ways of how they get good American heritage, obviously a private school, um, you know, they they get their talent in from pretty much anywhere they need to. Northwestern is obviously a public school that's very, you know, locally based. You know, a lot of these kids are kind of in the area or at least in re- the relative area um in miami Dade County. So yeah, it's definitely gonna be a clash of of Titans. Northwestern obviously trying to defend a, a few state championships. I think this is their on their way to their fourth if they get past this game. American Heritage obviously trying to win a state championship. Andrew I know you talked to James Williams. He's trying to win a state championship. So it, it, it'll it'll it's definitely gonna be an interesting one. Um, I honestly couldn't pick a winner right now if you asked me to.
0: Yeah, I mean it kind of sounds weird just discussing state playoffs on a Miami Hurricanes podcast, but this is like the biggest game in the state, and it involves a ton of Miami commits. Like you said, I just looked it up. The five A bracket. Um, whoever wins will play Rockledge or Estero. Um, I've seen Rockledge this season; they'll probably win. But you know, I I don't. I'm just looking at the bracket. I cannot see anyone. Knocking off either one of these teams. Uh, Gabby, I, I guess this is another hot button topic question. Like, you've seen James Williams. You saw him last week in the uh, play in game. I guess they had a play in game, but that's what they're calling it uh, against Palm Bay. Are, are you under the James Williams as a linebacker or a safety camp? Like, where do you fall in that argument? Yeah. Um. I, I could see
1: safety. Uh, I, I could see safety just cause like, I don't know. I feel like he does a like against Palm Bay specifically. Again, this isn't like a powerhouse program, but he was basically playing center field the whole game, you know, like, and he would come down maybe occasionally play like almost like a slot cornerback or sometimes rush off the edge. But, um, I, I, could see, I can definitely see safety. I could see linebacker too, but, um, I know he probably wants to be considered a safety. And if that's, what's going to make James Williams happy, and that's, what's going to make him play his best. Um, or at least put forth the most effort or whatever it is. Uh, I, I can definitely see him staying at safety and and being a really, really good one. I mean, he's obviously a freaky athlete. Like it's just not many people built the way James Williams is. so um, you know if if he's playing safety and he's playing his his best football, I mean, uh, he'd be one of the scariest looking safeties in in on any college football roster, probably right now physically. So um yeah, i, I can I can definitely live with him being a safety.
0: Uh it's funny I was at American Heritage on like I said on Wednesday night I had to go out there to interview James for his All-American Bowl presentation and I happened to run into some other 247 sports employees like the Oklahoma site was in the area they're kind of hitting a few different schools and I think they were there to see my Marvin Jones but they obviously have no idea who anyone is they're all wearing practice numbers and helmets yeah. and they're like hey who's this number 1 guy I'm like what do you mean Who, who's this number one guy I'm like this is like the number 11 player in the country it's James Williams <laughs> it's it just funny and they they thought he was like a a dn I'm like no he's a he's a safety safety <laughs> yeah um other guys on American Heritage to know like you said Marvin Jones he's a 2022 defensive end FSU legacy but mom actually went to Miami he's on Miami's board Earl Little the cornerback uh the son of Earl Little so it's Earl Little Jr he's a 2022 a a priority the, there as well, um, and I think—I mean—you you, kind of hit on it. You're going to be there, so you're going to have a live updates thread. I'm sure there's going to be a stream available, but I think you're going to have to pay for it if you're just a listener. But if you got nothing better going on um, Friday night, you know, tune in and and see what's going on. Uh, Gabby, give me a prediction. Like, Man. who do you think's going to win? And this will be clipped, so be careful about what you say. <laughs>
1: Oh man. Um, dang. I, I honestly, again, like it, it's going to be hard to, it's hard for me to choose. Um, I think American heritage has a lot on defense. Um, I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they kind of handle like the pass rush, kind of like the back and stuff. Uh, if, if Earl little plays, he did not play last Friday. So if Earl little plays, he's, he's match- going to play. Okay. He's going to play. So I think that's a, I think that's a really good matchup with Romelo Brinson. Uh, I just think American Heritage just might have just a, a little too much. I mean, if, it's just so hard. I really feel like this can go either way. I'm going to go American Heritage in a close one. I, I think American Heritage finds a way to knock off Northwestern. I know that's a bold statement, but um, I was pretty impressed with the way that that American Heritage looked on on Friday night and just their talent for talent like pieces. Uh, I think that they have some dudes there.
0: Mm. Do not show well, face at Traspal Stadium again. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I think it's going to be real close. I, I would lean towards Miami Northwestern. Um, and I, I think it's going to be low scoring. Both teams have elite, 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 elite defenses. I, I would uh, hammer the under if there were. Um,
1: there were an under. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> sorry. There's
0: fighter jets flying over my house right now. Nice. Fort Lauderdale Fort Latter- air show is here. I can't wait to check that out on. Saturday and Sunday. Um, yeah, I would take the under. And, and the other thing, let's talk about this this stretch of cornerbacks that Romello Brinson has gone up against. You know, he's the Miami wide receiver commit. Um, early on in, in the season, uh, he, he saw a little bit of Yul Keith Brown when when Northwestern played Miami Central. Yul Keith Brown is committed to Texas A&M to play offense, but he's still a pretty good player. Following week, they face IMG. He goes up against Dalen Everett and Markevious Brown. Everett's like a borderline five-star in the class of 2022. Uh, then when they face Miami Palmetto, he gets a, a heavy dose of Jason Marshall. And now this upcoming Friday, he's going to go up against Earl Little, who's one of the top corners uh, in 2022 as well. So what a stretch. Um, and you know he's going to get to the ACC, and it might be a little bit easier.
1: That's that's what's, that's what's actually crazy is that, that there's,
0: a, there's at least a decent chance that that's true. Um, some other just kind of notable big-picture playoff games. I know, I know some of the listeners might not care, but you know there are a lot of people in South Florida. Shamanad Madonna Prep, uh, or as I call it, Shamanad U, they are very well, much alive in the state playoffs. Um, they face Calvary Christian Academy on Friday night. I'm going to assume they're going to win that game. Um, and they're trying to make it to the state title, uh, again, repeat, I think it'd be a four Pete, um, and and they'll play the winner of Miami Edison and St. John Paul, the second, uh, but that the St. John Paul, II in Boca Raton, um, that would be next Friday on black Friday. I'll be out in, uh, Fort Myers on Friday night. Um, you got St. Thomas Aquinas taking on Lehigh, a ton of talent in that game. Not a ton, not like a bunch of Miami names. Zion Turner, the 2022 quarterback, is someone that Miami is keeping an eye on. Um, at St. Thomas Aquinas, you know Tyreek Sap's been been mentioned in, before. He's the Florida commit defensive lineman. Not a lot of numbers, and then I think Lehigh, you know, has some corners that Miami could potentially uh, get get involved with late. I love Tavarish Dawson, the, the kid there. He's 105'8 five eight in the hundred meter dash. Auburn commit. Uh, a Marion Cooper a Michigan commit in that secondary uh, and then they got a 2023 running back Richard Young who people are raving about two more games to note Gulliver Prep faces Cardinal Gibbons on Friday night and then Miami Palmetto with Leonard Taylor uh, travels up to Orlando to take on Lake Nona not the country club uh, there's actually <laughs> a high school um, so that's going to go on
1: yeah, definitely some definitely some big-time games that Gulliver-Gibbon's game I know should be pretty good because I know uh, Gibbons knocked off St. Thomas Aquinas, if I remember correctly. And I think – I mean, I've probably spent more time at Gulliver than any program in South Florida, probably Gulliver and Palmetto. And I really think Gulliver is a – they got they definitely got some guys. And I think that's actually going to be a, a pretty qui- quietly the second-best game out of all – or maybe uh, aquinas Lee is probably going to be pretty good too. But I think Gulliver-Gibbons is a very underrated great matchup down here. And it's actually going to be at FIU. Uh, so they're going to be playing in in the cage at my alma mater. So uh, oh
0: my god, did, I, I forgot you went to FIU. Yeah, yeah. Did Two you catch F- that? Did you catch that Sula bowl this past Friday?
1: Oh, I, I didn't catch it, but I smashed uh, FAU minus nine and a half and and made some money off the off the Owls. So that, really, that, that that's my that's my take on where I stand on my alma mater.
0: Wow, I. You know, everyone knows that I went to FAU. Like a ton of people at 247. That morning, I probably got five text messages from different individuals. Like, "Hey, FAU minus nine is the play, right?" I told everyone not to bet it.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think twice about it. I did. I did a nice little parlay. I got FAU, FAU minus nine and a half, and I took like NC State minus ten and a half, and it was just like the easiest Friday night of my life.
0: Wow. No, I thought the under was the play. FAU cannot score. So, I was like, yeah, no, like I didn't I don't I didn't think they had enough horses to cover 9. Um and they ended up winning pretty big. Um let's transition a little bit away from the playoff picture in the, in the Sunshine State and just talk about some of the kids you have seen um play in person. Uh, I guess my my first question out of it doesn't even have to be a Miami commit, but like who have you liked the most in-person, like someone you've uh, had a chance to evaluate, watch, see, like who's the guy that you just kind of left and got in your car and you're like, wow, this guy's awesome.
1: Yeah. To me, I think it's Marvin Jones Jr., the, the passer, the 2022 edge out of American Heritage. I remember, uh, we went to go watch Chaminade and American Heritage at Chaminade. Like, I think it was like the first high school game that, I really think it was might have been like the first like major high school football game I've probably ever been to, or at least since I was in like high school. And I obvi- we obviously went to go watch James Williams, and I knew who Marvin Jones was, of course. So we were watching him, and it's like the kid was unbelievable. Like pa- like pass deflections at the line of scrimmage, like getting to the quarterback, just doing a whole bunch of crazy things. And I thought he compl- I thought he outshines Kenyatta Jackson, who was actually I-, I believe he was the higher rated edge guy at the time. Uh, Not anymore, but – and then I got a chance to watch Marvin Jones on TV against Aquinas, and I thought he made some plays. And then just watching him against Palm Bay, again, not a very talented group, but you just see how, like, every single play, Marvin Jones was in the backfield. He had a stretch of, like, five straight plays with, like, a tackle for loss, like, across, like, two different drives and a few different sacks. So uh, Marvin Jones has probably been the guy that has impressed me the most, that I've just been, like, wowed by just because – you know, he probably wasn't someone I was really like super excited to see going into the season, but has just just really like has impressed me multiple times.
0: Um, I thought you were gonna go Leonard Taylor there. You know, yeah, like,
1: yeah. I know. Just, I feel like that's like the obvious. Like that's just like the five star number three player in the country. I wanted to. I just wanted to maybe go dive a little deeper. Leonard Taylor has obviously been super super impressive like just absolutely dominant i know you you posted a video called him disruptive i thought that was spot on and letter taylor has been been unreal also
0: yeah no it's you're, you've f- f- uh filled in perfectly for david because he always gives me um you know crap for taking the easy layup I, I i mean if you're gonna give me a fast break layup i'm i'm gonna take it. yeah you gotta I'm, take it i'm gonna i'm gonna jam it home um you know uh, I for me most impressive would be uh, Leonard Taylor. You know, I, he is now the number one ranked uh, recruit in the Sunshine State, according to Twenty Four Seven Sports. After our most recent update, um, I guess if I had to name a guy and I couldn't use Leonard Taylor, what about like Romelo Brinson? Uh, yeah. Again, I went through that whole gauntlet of of corners he has seen. This season, and he's been really, really, really um, impressive. I, my, my, my next question for you, Gabby. Like, if you worked for Miami and you could hand out scholarship offers, and you know the the scholarship limitations, like, who's the one guy you would offer, or you think maybe should be in Miami's class if they can make it work?
1: Yeah, um, I I mentioned him previously, Pat Payton. I think Uh, I remember you—you kind of started the the Pat Payton hype train a little bit during that Central game, and uh, you know he obviously had a big game there. And you know we watched him against Palmetto, and he had an interception at the line of scrimmage where he just kind of like went up and grabbed the ball, ran it in for an easy touchdown. Uh, Super explosive off the edge. Like it was not surprising at all when I saw earlier this week that uh, that he got a, a huge ratings bump. Um, I, I just think that, you know, you, I, I know you've talked about it in the past. I know you and David have all talked about it in the past, like with the way that this game is going, like with it being a passing league, like it's become so much more valuable to get to the quarterback because, you know, these guys are just slinging it everywhere. They're sitting in the pocket, trying to find, find someone to get the ball to get, get, get the ball out of their hands quickly. And if you can find a guy that can get to the quarterback, I think that like, just kind of like the same way, what, what you guys have said super valuable and I think Pat Payton does a really good job of that I just think his potential is obviously crazy high with his frame like I think that's just so much more room for him to get bigger so I think if there's a way for Miami to get Pat Payton into this class um you know I, I think they got to find a way to do it and I know that he's a kid that's committed to to Nebraska but I believe he hasn't stepped he hasn't actually been to Nebraska is, is that right Andrew
0: <laughs> yeah he, he is not sorry I'm laughing at it another text message someone Someone sent me, yeah, no, he has not been to Nebraska. And um, there's obviously been a a ton of guys that signed with Nebraska last cycle and have since left. Keyshawn Green, uh, former Miami target, Henry Gray, former Miami commit, Jaden Francois, former Miami commit. So, um, you know, I think if Miami, if it came, push came to shove, Miami could, you know, bring up some pretty good examples about why maybe Lincoln, Nebraska isn't the place for him uh follow up to that so you're saying out of all these corners out here i mean i'm not asking you to put anyone on blast but you you've seen a number of power five corners is there any of them that you think maybe could belong in in miami's class could belong in miami's class i mean if we're if we're talking about
1: like if if i'm able to mention jason marshall i mean i don't know how realistic that is that's not so keep moving keep moving okay uh these power five i mean i don't know i mean in in this current class right now i wouldn't put i wouldn't put markevious brown like that that's not the guy i'd probably go with um maybe marvin covington i mean i haven't seen him in person but i think that he's a guy that that uh well i guess they have offered him but i think maybe to push a little bit more i don't know i think that he has really nice tape but i think my answer would would probably still be pat payton if like no matter what
0: I was, I was opening it up for Ricardo Hallman, who is Ricardo uh, Hallman, who is committed okay. to uh, Wisconsin. He's at true prep Academy. He, he'd be one. Um, you also have Jaden McBurrows. He McBurrows is is a nice one. Yeah. He's committed to Michigan at St. Thomas Aquinas. he has got a little, uh, what are the uh, muddy badger? Is that what they called? A little, a,
1: a, definitely a little muddy badger in him. He was super impressive. And I think we went to go watch him in, against true prep and he was covering Brandon Innes and, Came away with two interceptions in that game. So and you know, I, I thought Jaden was really good. I mean, I came away pretty impressed with him there. So I think Jaden McBrows would probably be like if you know, let's say it didn't work out with it didn't work out with Terry and Arnold, it didn't work out with Demarius McGee, and you needed someone in this class. Um, I don't know how much time there is. I believe he just took a trip to Ann Arbor with the JJ yeah. McCarthy uh crew that he kind of set up. That's kind of becoming like the trend now. Yeah. Um so don't know how how Realistic that might be at this point, but I do like Jaden McBurrows if I'm having to pick between him and Ricardo Hallman.
0: Well, I mean, there's some others out there. Gabe Neely at yeah. Gulliver Prep. He's committed to USF. I saw him the other night. I didn't think he was that bad. Um, Kevin Knowles is at MacArthur. He's committed to Florida State. I, and MacArthur's only played one game just because COVID has made things so weird. But he's he's another. Um, you mentioned that trip that McBurrows took up to... Michigan and and how that's kind of becoming the trend you know that's something that where not having a quarterback seems to really have hurt Miami we've seen other schools do this I mentioned Brock Vandergriff at Georgia uh, I don't know who organized the LSU one maybe it was Garrett Nussmeyer yeah um, and then JJ McCarthy at Michigan basically these kids and their parents uh, Caleb Williams at Oklahoma have organized uh, unofficial recruiting events where Everyone goes to campus. They don't interact with any players or coaches because that would be a violation, but they all hang out together and they bond uh, and you know, try to build some, I don't know, relationships within the class. Like I think it's kind of worked out for some of these schools. And that's, that's what's really hurt Miami when it's just not having a, a quarterback committed. Maybe it'd be cool, and you know, Miami can't ask someone to do this, but I'm surprised no one's thought about maybe, hey, like, let's all try to go to the North Carolina game on, on December 12th or anything. Yeah. And I, I guess it is a little bit different down here because all these kids are in the middle of their high school seasons. Uh, in other states, they aren't playing. But, you know, I, I think that could maybe potentially help Miami. The, the thing is, they really don't have like a uh, a class ambassador. Um, and and the one that always sticks out to me is what DJ Dallas did yeah. a few years ago for, for the hurricanes.
1: Yeah. I think that'd be cool. And I think like, you see a lot of these people, like I know Miller Moss did it in California and like, you saw some cool pictures over there. Like I would like to see the photos of Miami getting a bunch of like, maybe like their top target guys and like taking a photo, like on South beach or something and kind of doing like the whole, uno- the whole fish, maybe like quote unquote, official visit route that Miami usually takes. And just take them to the beach, and I think I think that would be definitely interesting. Like Ann Arbor, Michigan, you know, what is it, Baton Rouge, and then Miami, Florida, are all different places. So to see like someone step up and yeah. take some of these targets around around Miami, and you know, the whole Coral Gables area in general, I think is a I think I think would be pretty impressive to to some of these guys that Miami has their eye on.
0: Like it's a lot easier to get to yeah. Miami than it is Baton Rouge or uh Ann Arbor I do like Ann Arbor though I've, I've visited there in the past um final thing before we get out of here Gabby we, we talked about you know you, well you kind of mentioned this uh some of the guys you've seen I guess who are some underclassmen that have stood out to you you can't use uh Marvin Jones maybe some under the radar guys that you think Miami will potentially get involved with or they are Miami caliber Or just guys that you like? I mean, every week on InsideTheU.com, you write some observations from the trail. So is there anyone that you're excited about or you think a Miami offer could come their way or they'd make sense for Miami? Well, someone that, I mean, I feel like a, a few different
1: names come to mind and maybe not someone that maybe like doesn't have a Miami offer yet at this point. At least I'm trying to like go back into, into like the files in my head, but I mean, someone that recently like really intrigued me was uh, I was I was at Homestead a few, uh, I guess last week, last Thursday, and I was able to see like Dante Anderson. You know, I, I think that he's obviously a super intriguing prospect, but, you know, I was really there to see him and Daniel Lyons, the other 2022 uh, four-star defensive lineman. And, you know, David Jester is a 23 wide receiver that like I, I've seen Jalen Brown. I've seen Brandon Innis. Um, but David Jester's like a really, really like physically impressive looking dude. Like this is like, he's like six, like a, a legit six, two, uh, really long arms, long strides. Like, I think that he could be a guy that, you know, Miami, uh, he does have a Miami offer, but I, I super interested to see his development because, you know, that 2023 wide receiver class is just, it, it, it's actually pretty stupid. Uh, just considering the guy that my, the guys that Miami's already offered in that South Florida area. So definitely intrigued by him. Jalen Brown is another guy that. But I really love that. Like, I've, again, I've, I've spent a lot of time at Gulliver. So I think that he's a kid that, that um, I feel like he probably can't let get away. Uh, I know we've talked about it, Andrew, that we think that he's a, he's a really, really high ceiling dude. So um, oh, there, there's a whole mess of guys that, that I can run through right now. But I feel like recently, those are like the ones that have
0: probably stood out to me the most. What is like, the best environment i mean it's a weird COVID year but like where what has been one of your favorite games to go to or or teams to watch you mentioned you've been at gulver a bunch but like what is what is what has been fun
1: um i think probably like maybe i wouldn't say maybe like the highlight but something that's been like probably the coolest thing i did was yeah i had never been to img academy before and pulling into img academy for the first time was like unbelievable like i've never seen anything like that before like i I just thought it was just crazy like i actually went to that game with my with my fiance because we were both like in the orlando area together and she just couldn't understand like what img was like she couldn't understand that kids come from all across the country to come to this place and it's like you know there's a basketball facility and a soccer facility and the football stadium and it's like was
0: was the hotel done yeah, I think so. I
1: mean, the whole area, I mean, it didn't look like anything was under construction. It just looked like all really like new and unbelievably nice and all that stuff. And I, I, I'd I never been there before. I didn't really realize like how kind of crazy it was. So seeing ING Academy in person was probably, I would say probably the highlight of, of my, I guess, early recruiting uh, career. And so that was really cool. And the SID over there told me the next time I go to get there early and that she'll give me a tour of the whole place. So probably looking forward to doing that whenever I get a chance to.
0: Yeah, I've had some some notable memories at IMG Academy. They a while back. So this would have been 2017. uh, The FHSA state track meet was at IMG Academy. So. David is the one who suggested this to me, but basically IMG practiced the same day that the state track meet was going on. So I saw Will Mallory, Gervin Hall, Lorenzo Lingard all run and compete for state titles. I think uh, Josiah Pierre, who's a linebacker now at Florida, he was committed to Miami at the time. He won a state title in the shot put, or maybe it was discus. So all these guys are doing that on one field. And then on the other field, you had, Uh, It was IMG in in Miami was after Art Sikowski, the quarterback uh, for there at the time, Brian Hightower, uh, Noah Kane, Trey Sanders. Like, dude, it was, it was unreal. My second favorite memory from IMG Academy. I don't even know when this was, when was the last summer Olympics?
1: Last summer Olympics. I think it was supposed to be this. So maybe 2016,
0: 2016. Yeah. Okay. So it was a little before that. um, But I went there for like a media day or something. I had to go interview a bunch of guys and they're they're taking me through the facility and I open the door and it is the Australian women's track and field team just working out like, cause they were there before they headed down, had flew down to Brazil trying to get uh, accumulated to the weather. I open this door. I'm like, Whoa, what is, what is going on here? (laughs) Like all these, all these, you know, in shape, Young, beautiful women are just working out, running on the track, and I was like, "This is insane to me." Because again, on the field right next to it is, you know, the most talented high school football team in America. So it's just, it's funny.
1: Yeah, no, it's it, it's honestly like it, it was ridiculous. I was talking about it for like three days with people that like I know around me, and just like I just couldn't get over it. Like that, this is like actually for like high school athletes.
0: Yeah, I, I what I do is I also save rosters when I see IMG. Um, just to, you know, it's cool to look back a few few years later and see who all you got to see, uh, especially if you're sitting around on a Saturday, you flip on the SEC, SEC, CBS game, you'll see all those guys. All right, let's get you out of here, Gabby. Again, so you, th- you like American Heritage big over Miami Northwestern. Small, um, okay. small. <laughs> very, very small. Okay. And you don't think Jake Garcia is going to sign with Miami? Yeah, I think that's fair. And then, where do you where did you stand with uh, Markavius Bryant
1: or Brown Brown? Sorry, Markavius Brown. In terms of like his chances of landing in the class, yeah. Um, I would say, I would say like forty five percent. No, that's that's just kind of like my
0: feel. Don't play the percentage games at all. Don't play, play. the perfe- no. No, they will eat you alive with the percentage games. Okay, all right, guys, well. we'll- We are going to get out of here. Uh, Appreciate it. Please subscribe, like, rate, review. It goes a long way. And we will talk to you at some point down the line. Thanks, guys.